So I want to read a story this morning that you actually witnessed through the film. And that is the story of an encounter in Luke chapter 2. So if you don't mind, open up your Bible to Luke chapter 2. We'll have it on the screen as well. And I'm going to read actually 14, I'm going to read 14 verses of scripture today. Uh, That's unlike me. I don't normally read um, 14 verses of scripture when I preach on a Sunday morning, but it's important to establish the storyline of Advent as a whole. So Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 14 is our reading today. If you're there, say amen. If you're going to read it off the screen, say amen. amen. If you're just hungry for a word from the Lord, say amen. amen. That's all of us, Lord. You hear us, God. We all say amen. We want a word from you. So we'll start with verse 1. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. And wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger. Because there was no place for them in the end. Verse 8. And in the same region, there were shepherds, like the one we just saw in the film, out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. Everybody say encounter. encounter. Appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all. Everybody say all. All All the people. For unto you is born this day, today, right now, in the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Today, I'm really going to hang the nail on verses 8 through 14 because today I'm going to be talking about a shepherd's encounter. We're going to talk about encounters this Advent season. Is that okay with you? Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for truth. We thank you that you are big and, and, and grand and awesome and good and merciful and beautiful. God, we thank you for revelation today. We thank you for the spirit of revelation filling this room. We thank you for angelic encounters. We thank you for the supernatural and everything that you speak to us about through scripture. We ask that you would anoint the word, anoint me as I share the word with your sons and daughters. We bless you today in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen, amen. amen. So as we look at verses 8 through 14, I want you guys to understand something right off the bat. This scene itself is in no way abnormal. 
This is a very normal scene. This is a very routine scene. This is uh, what these shepherds would be doing day in and day out. It would be just like your daily commute to get to your job. No different. Very, very similar. You know how you can mindlessly sort of shut off and you brush your teeth and you drink your coffee and you get in your car and you hopefully make it to work on time? You know what I'm talking about? This was just as routine for these shepherds. They were uh, in a big open field. They were watching their sheep graze. You know, it was night, uh, but the stars were out bright, and they were here doing their routine. It is also important to note that these shepherds themselves were also very normal. They were not abnormal. They were not great. They were not extra special. They had no prophetic pedigree that the Bible speaks of. They were routine, average, regular, basic people. It's important that you understand that because these routine, regular, average, normal, basic people are those that the angel shows up to and chooses to reveal the reality that God had come to earth in the form of Jesus Christ. This is spectacular. This is an amazing supernatural encounter. Everybody say encounter. It's a supernatural encounter. You know, there are supernatural encounters where people experience God, they experience heaven, they experience angels all throughout the scripture. Do you guys read that in the Bible? You know, a lot of times we start to look at the scripture through the lens of intellect and we forget about all of the supernatural activity that takes place in the scriptures. It's important to remember that all throughout the Bible, the people who wrote this book had encounters with angels. They had encounters with God. They saw supernatural miracles. They saw the impossible become possible. They witnessed things with their own eyes that are unable to be explained with man's capacity. This is all throughout the scriptures. And this story is one of those moments. These routine, average, normal shepherds out in this field doing their routine, average jobs. And then all of the sudden, an angel appears to them. Everybody say encounter. Now, this is wild, right? Because a lot of times when we think about this story and we see it maybe you know, in a painting or something. The painting itself is incredibly dramatic, right? It's like you see this humongous angel that is like parted the clouds. He stepped out, flapping his wings. There's these baby cherubims with golden diapers and they're like flying around him. You know, they're zipping around. It's all this like crazy. There's ribbons. What is angels? And there's always ribbons, right? It's like, they're just ribbons. You notice that? It's just always the case in art, Right? But the crazy thing about this picture is that it may have been much less dramatic than these depictions make it seem. And the reason why I say that is because if you read this story in the original text, if you read it in Greek, then you'll recognize something. This word appeared may not necessarily be like flashes of lightning and rolls of thunder. It actually means that the angel came and stood by them. Simply stood by them which in my opinion is even crazier and a lot more scary. Because if I saw the clouds start to part and I saw the stars start to twinkle and I saw this huge angelic being come down flapping its wings, I could kind of get prepared for that. Okay, about to have a crazy experience. You know, tap my buddy, the other shepherd. Hey, you see that? Wow, okay, unexplainable. Let's get in this together. Let's hold hands. All right, I'm here for you. You know, but that's not what happened. 
It said that the angel appeared, boom, and stood next to them. That's like you going to work and an angel, boom, showing up in your front seat. How many of you guys think you'd be like, whoa, whoa, this is crazy. You know, good luck explaining that to the cop. You know what I mean? Like an angel just showed up. I was just doing my normal. I was washing dishes. I was just doing my normal. You know, I was washing my kids' clothes. I was just doing my normal. I was vacuuming the house. I was doing my normal. I was doing book work. I was designing graphics on the computer. And then boom, all of a sudden, this angelic being came and sat next to me. How many of you guys would be freaked out? I would be freaked out. I'll be honest with you. I would be afraid. There is no doubt about it because this person just shows up out of nowhere. But here's what we know. It did not look normal. The scene was normal. There's nothing abnormal about the scene, but the angel itself, there is nothing normal about this heavenly being. Nothing at all normal. It says that the glory of God was resting upon this angel and it was radiant. This is where we get our word halo from. This is where the whole concept of a halo comes from. It's this encounter. Everybody say encounter. There's this encounter of this angel that shows up and the word their glory is doxa, which is an atmosphere that reveals the value of Yahweh. How's that for a punch in the chin? Whoa, right? Because it's not just that this angel showed up out of nowhere, but there is obviously a visible heavenly beauty that is surrounding this angelic being. This is supernatural. This is an encounter and this is scary. Now, I don't know about you guys, but my experience with anything supernatural has been very similar to that of these shepherds. Not that I've seen an angel show up in the sky, not that I've seen heavenly hosts praising, but I have had supernatural encounters and every single time I have them, I'm freaked out. I don't know about you guys. Let me, let me, is it okay if I share a supernatural encounter story? Yes. You sure? Okay. I'm, I'm going in. All right. It's going to stretch a little bit. So, so there was a season of time where just about every night, see, I, I, live in, I lived in Kentucky in a, in a cornfield, basically, in a town of a thousand people with one stoplight. And, uh, you know, there's not a lot to do there. It's pretty boring. So we worshiped a lot. And this was before social media, you know, so there was really not a lot to do. And uh, I would go up to the church at night and I would put on uh, worship songs on my iPad or iPod and I would, I would walk around the front. You guys remember iPods? That used to be a thing. And uh, so I would walk, uh, walk around the front and I would lift up my hands and I would worship God. And there were times I would have legitimate encounters with the supernatural. There were times I literally had things happen that are unable to be explained. One of these times, my brother said, hey, I really want to worship with you. I said, sure, that's fine. You can come in. You can worship with me. And because he knew I did this all the time. And so he was in the room and we were worshiping together. And after about an hour or so, I said, man, we should probably leave and get in the car and go home because, you know, mom and dad are probably starting to worry about us a little bit. This is a Friday night, you know, so let's go ahead and go home. And so we get in the car and as we get in the car, we turn the music up and we're listening to worship and all the way back to our house, man, we are screaming in the car. We're, 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 we're screaming, we're laughing uncontrollably, we're crying. I mean, that's the thing. Like, when you have an encounter with God, you experience all of your emotions, like, to the extreme. You're, like, you're breaking all the way down. Then you're laughing. You're like, whoa, weird, right? And so we're in the car, and we're like, yeah, 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 whoa, 
oh God, yeah, okay. We're rolling down the windows. We're like shouting out the windows. You know, we're going crazy. Right? It, I mean, God is fun, man. I tell people all the time, if you're not having fun as a Christian, you're not bored. You're just disobedient. It's the truth, man. It's the truth. Because if you'll be faithful to obey, he'll be faithful to put you on an adventure that is unexplainable, man. And so here we are in the car. We're on our way to the house. And man, by the time we get there, we're just lit up in the Holy Ghost. I mean, we are so excited. So we go in and my mom has baked a pizza. And this was prior to her, you know, before she became a a juice peddler, you know. So she owns a juice bar and stuff now. But she had baked a pizza. And I walked in, and uh, I ran right up to my mom, and I laid hands on her. And I had this huge smile on my face. I was like, feel that? She just looked at me, feel it? She cracked a smile. She was like, yep. Eat some pizza. And I'm like, I can't eat pizza. There's no way I can eat pizza right now. Something's about to happen to me. I'm about to have an encounter. Something's about to go down. I don't know what it is, but I'm feeling something. And so I stepped back from the plate and I ran upstairs and I have no idea why I went into the guest bedroom in our house, but that's where I headed for. And I got into the guest bedroom and I knelt down on the bed and I put my head down on my hands and my eyes were open. And I promise you guys, I cannot explain it, but I saw it like I'm seeing you, the whole room, woof, filled with light. Serious. The whole room filled with light. And I knew in my spirit, I knew, I, like I saw this picture on the inside. I knew in my spirit that there was an angel in the room. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're like, well, why didn't you look at it? I couldn't. I couldn't bring myself to look up. I was freaked out. I'm like, this doesn't, this is not supposed to happen. This is not a routine Devo situation. There is an angel that has descended into my parents' guest bedroom, and I, I'm not, I nope, I cannot look. You got stretched by this? I know it seems a little weird, right? And uh, I'm like, I, nope. No, I'm good. I'm good, actually. I'll just take the little image I have on the inside. I'm good. I don't need to look. I don't need to see what's happening out there. I might die. Yeah, might die. And, and the vision that I got was of this angel over top of me. It had this humongous shaft of light in its hands. And then all of a sudden it goes, Poof, and broke it, and it fell on me. Right, some of you guys, you felt that right there. You're like, whoa. Yeah, I know. That's how I felt too. And uh, I didn't look up. I said, nope. I backed out of the room. I'm good. I'm, I'm going to eat pizza. And I did. I went and ate pizza. I, I, didn't, I didn't get any more spiritual about it. I didn't journal. I didn't tell anybody. Uh, you know, you couldn't go live yet. You know, I was just like, <laughs> like, I'm good. Parents like, hey, what happened? We're all set. <laughs> Pass up hot sauce. And the ranch, because we know that you have to dip your pizza in ranch. That's the Lord. Bless him. You know, it's like, 
It's this crazy experience, right? And to be honest with you guys, I was freaked out. And uh, this is not abnormal. This is not abnormal for anybody in scripture. This is not abnormal for anybody throughout history. This is not abnormal for you and I. It is absolutely normal to be absolutely freaked out when you have a new encounter with God. For some of you guys, you had an encounter like this when you came to our church for the first time. For some of you guys, you're new here today. You're having it today. You're like, you guys are weird, dude. Like, I don't know if this is actually God or not. I'm afraid of you. This is common. This is normal. This is a regular routine experience for humanity. When God shows up in a powerful supernatural way, the most common human response is fear. So I don't want you to think of yourself as abnormal or somehow less than or that you're not important enough or you're not spiritual enough or you haven't yet arrived to spiritual maturity because you get freaked out when God talks to you because that is an absolutely normal experience for all of humanity. When God shows up, it is absolutely normal to freak out. You know why? Because in the presence of God, you become acutely aware of something which is your frailty as well as your sinfulness. No matter how great you think you are, no matter how special you think you are, no matter how anointed you think you are, no matter how much of your religious exercise and practice that you've put into place to prove that you are spiritual and evolved, when you have an encounter with the supernatural, you will get very in touch with your humanity. See, good luck staying, encounter, staying arrogant in an encounter. Good luck. Because as soon as you encounter an angel, as soon as you encounter God, here's what's going to happen. You're going to get in touch with your humanity real quick. And this happened all throughout Scripture. You know, you see these shepherds, they see this blinding light, right? Well, what about Moses? Moses once saw a blinding light, didn't he? He was out grazing with his, you know, his sheep were grazing. He's watching them. And, you know, all of a sudden he sees a blinding light. What's that blinding light? It's the burning bush. He sees a fire that is consuming a tree and it does not go out. Blinding light. How, what, how did he respond? Exodus 3 and 6 says, and Moses hid his face. For he was afraid to look at God. I know we think of Moses as some great patriarch. He's so, so big, so special, so important, so spiritual. But whenever Moses had an encounter with the supernatural, he hid his face because he had fear. What about Paul? Paul also had an experience with a blinding light. He was riding a horse on the way to Damascus. He had just arrogantly, I mean, Paul was feeling himself. I am the man. I am doing everything for God. You know, like I am on top of the world right now. You see me on this horse? Like I just killed some people for God. Right? I, I am justified in my violence. I am, I am the man. Boom! He sees a blinding light. What's happened? Falls off the horse. Now he's on the ground. He can't see. He looks up into the blinding light. And what does the Bible say happened to him? Acts chapter 9 verse 6 says, And he, trembling and astonished, What does trembling mean? It means to shake and to quiver from fear. Trembling and astonished said, Lord, what will you have me do? It's not abnormal. When you first encounter God, our first human response is typically fear. And it's not that God is scary, but it is that we are frail. 
It is that we are sinful. It's an appropriate response when you come into an encounter with the living God. 1 Corinthians 1 and 29 says, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. And the King James that says, no flesh shall glory in his presence. In an encounter with God, we are reminded of how weak we really are. Encounters are so good for us because encounters humble us. Right? When we have an encounter with God, we become humble. That's why when a Christian becomes arrogant, they're revealing that it's been a while since their last encounter with God. When a Christian becomes arrogant, they're revealing that it's been a while since their last encounter with God. Because encounters are so faithful to humble us, to keep us low, to understand our humanity, our frailty, our weakness, our sinfulness. We're not on the high horse like Paul was arrogantly moments before he saw the blinding light. When you see the blinding light and you have an encounter with God, you get humbled because our natural response is, wow, you're big, I'm small, I'm frail, I'm sinful, whoa, too much. How many of you guys like God has overwhelmed you before? He's faithful to do that. You know why? Because he's faithful to break out of that box that you built for him. It doesn't matter how long you've been living for God. We all have our paradigms. We all have our ways of thought that this is how God operates. This is who God blesses. And then God will get on your last nerve by blessing people that you don't think he should hang around. It's true. The last place that I think that Jesus belongs is typically with the people that I don't think he should be around. Right? You guys know what I'm talking about? Like, God, why would you bless that person? They're bad. And here's Jesus hanging out with them, having dinner with them. God will blow up your paradigm, man. He will, he will break through every box. If your God can fit into your box very consistently, you need a fresh encounter. You need, a new, you need a new encounter because he wants to stretch it. He wants to blow it up. So having fear as a response to an encounter is quite normal, but let's define fear for a minute. What is fear? Fear is an emotion that results in withdrawal. Everybody say withdrawal. Because that's what classifies fear. Fear is withdrawal. Fear is withdrawal. When I have fear, I take a step back. You guys? right? When you have fear, you say, oh, nope, I'm good. When you have fear in a relationship, you take a step back. You disconnect from people. Amen? When you have fear with God, it's very natural to say, nope, I'm good in my own paradigm. Thank you. Nope, I'm good in my own denominational box. Thank you. Nope, I'm good in uh, staying within the confines of what I was taught in Sunday school. Nope, I'm good. No, thanks. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Fear causes, I, man, I preached the, uh, the wreath off this thing. Wow. I like that. God, shake the place. And this is, this is always the temptation when we have a new encounter or experience with God. We want to hide. We want to hide our face. We want to fall to the floor. We want to separate. We want to withdraw. We want to take a big step back. Uh, when God leans in, it's natural for us to lean out. But what is the first thing that the angel says when it arrives? Fear not. Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news. It's natural 
that we would get afraid. It was natural that the shepherds got afraid and then they looked away. But the angel commanded them not to fear, but to listen. He said, hey, don't fear. You don't have any reason to fear. I've not arrived today to share with you scary news. I have arrived today to share with you good news. And this good news is of great joy. Great joy. What is this good news? That it's Advent. That it is Advent. It is the arrival. Jesus has been born, and he is the Savior of the world. Jesus has been born. He is the Christ. He is the Messiah. Jesus has been born, and he is the Lord, the Master of all. Don't be afraid, for this message is good news, and it is for all people. All people. Can we say that together? All people, right? That's what God says. He says, this gospel is for all people, especially, and it includes the average, the normal, the routine, the basic shepherd. If you ever thought you were disqualified from being an active participant in the gospel of Jesus Christ because you just weren't some big special person The good news is, is that the people whom God sought out to share with them the reality that Jesus had been born was routine, normal people. These people were also poor. These people were also the poor in spirit. They weren't good at being spiritual. They weren't religious. And yet these are the people that God chose to reveal himself to. The angel said, this good news, it's about great joy. And that's what's going to mark this gospel. Great joy. Now, I define fear for you, so let's contrast just for a minute fear with joy, right? So the natural response to an encounter is fear, but the response that God wants to give you, y'all help me preach this, right? The natural response to a new experience with God is fear, but the experience that God wants to give you is great joy. You guys got it. So how do you get from fear to joy? Because when God shows up and does something new, whoa, nope, withdrawing, leaning out, I'm good. Leaning out, right, is caused by fear. But joy is received by leaning in. By leaning in, by saying, okay, that freaks me out a little bit, but I'm going to lean in. Okay, that creeps me out a little bit. Never heard that before. That's new revelation. Seems a little abnormal. I don't necessarily trust the person it's coming from, but I'm humble enough because I've had an encounter with God to lean in because I'm after joy and I don't want to live my life according to fear. You guys with me? I don't want to bow my knee to fear. I want to live my life in abundant joy. Here's what joy is. Joy is a fruit. It is an emotion, but it's also a spiritual fruit. Joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit that is the result of God's advance. We have fear, we run away, but when we come to the understanding that God is advancing toward us, we can have great joy. When we get a revelation to say, wow, God is coming after me, then joy is my portion. God is coming after me, and here's the thing, he's good. Here's the thing, he's grace-filled. Here's the thing, he's merciful. And when you get an understanding that this grace-filled, merciful Messiah, this Savior, this Lord, this God who fashioned me is coming after me, pursuing me with everything in him, wrestling me down with his love and smothering me in intimacy, why wouldn't I have joy? 
That is the portion. Great fear leads to leading out. But when we lean in, it leads to great joy. Yeah, it's true. God leans into us. But it's not just when God leans into us that we receive the joy because we could run away in fear. But it's when we lean in and return. It's when we lean in and we say, that creeps me out a little bit. It's, it's kind of strange. It's supernatural. It's a little bit weird. But I'm going to lean in in return. Great joy becomes our portion. And the angel expected them to lean in, didn't he? Because he didn't even give them an option. He didn't even say like, hey, if you feel like it, seek this baby. He just said, hey, look, I want you to go from this place. I mean, he just commands them, the authority on this archangel, right? He commands them. He says, I want you to go. And he said, it's not even that he, it's not even, I'm paraphrasing too much. He didn't even say, I want you to go. He's like, you're going to see a sign on the way. Here's going to be the sign to you. How do you guys know that God wants to show you signs? He wants to show you signs, miracles, wonders, supernatural things that are inexplainable. On your way to following God, here's a guarantee. Signs, miracles, and wonders will follow you. Right? Jesus said in the Great Commission in Mark, he said, hey, all these things, these signs, they're going to follow you. It's not that we have to follow them. The reality is if we're following Jesus, the signs will follow us. The supernatural will follow us. The miracles will follow us. The breakthrough will follow us. It'll be in pursuit of us because that's what God wants to bless us with is a supernatural encounter with him. And when he shows up, we're called to show up and to lean in and to receive great joy and watch as supernatural miracles of every every kind of proportion bless and mark our life. That is the encounter that God wants to give to you. He wants you to encounter him, not in another season, not in some other epoch of time, not when you mature, but today. Today. You can encounter God today. You can hear from God today. You can experience God today. You can be touched by heaven today. You can see an angel today. God's not into shortchanging people. He wants to bless you to the maximum of the maximum of the maximum of your faith will allow. And he said, hey, I want you to have more faith. Come on. I want to come to you and encounter you in such a radical way that your whole paradigm is busted. Because I'm way better than you think I am. I'm way more generous than you think I am. I'm way more grace-filled than you think I am. I'm way more forgiving than you think I am. I'm way more merciful than you might have ever imagined. And I want to encounter you. And that's why I've showed up in the form of a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, laid out in a manger because there was no space for him in the local Airbnb. He says, unto you. This is so, this is so important. You got, you got to hear this. The angel says, unto you. Yes. Notice he didn't say, unto uh, the church in that city. Or unto these people somewhere else. The angel supernaturally appeared and spoke to the shepherds and said, you. And don't just read that for the sake of the story. Read that as a word for you. God speaks to you directly today. And if you're thinking right now, he's not talking about me. I'm talking about you. Exactly. You. You're the exact person I'm talking to. God speaks, he says, unto you this day. He didn't just say who the word was for. He said when the word was for. And he said it's to you and it's for right now. You're not, you, you, don't have to, you don't have to worry about delaying it or denying it. It's for right now. This is the time for the word. Unto you, Advent is here. 
Church, unto you, Advent is here. What is Advent? Unto you, the arrival is here today, this day. Unto you, this day. Unto you, Jesus is born this day. Unto you, Jesus is Savior this day. Unto you, Jesus is Messiah this day. Unto you, Jesus is Lord this day. Save you from your sin. He's Messiah. He's well able to do it. He's Lord of all. He's the master. This is everything the angel said about Jesus. And this is what has arrived for you today. Never before had there been such an encounter reserved for people like some shepherds. Previously, this had only been for patriarchs and for priests, but now Jesus chooses to receive, uh, reveal himself to all people. And he started with the poor and the poor in spirit and the shepherds and the routine, normal, average people doing routine, average things. There's no need to fear. There's no need to withdraw. I'm telling you, church, now's the time to lean in. And now's the time to listen. What are we listening to? Luke chapter 2, verse 13 and 14 says this, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Glory to God in the highest. Notice that the angels weren't even looking at the shepherds. The shepherds just got to look into a glorious worship service. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace among those with whom he is pleased. The glory of heaven has now come to earth and Jesus has come to bring his peace for those that will receive it. With whom is he pleased? It's a great question to ask when you hear this heavenly chorus. With whom is God pleased? God is pleased with those that will receive him. That will welcome Advent. That will invite the arrival that will place their faith in the supernatural power of the salvation of God in Christ Jesus suffering on the cross. That is whom God is well pleased with are those that would receive his body and receive his blood, thereby receiving his grace and receiving his mercy and receiving his forgiveness for all of their sin, for all of their guilt, for all of their shame, for all of their past, for all of their bridges that they had burned, for all of the time that they had cussed God out because he hadn't been doing what they thought that he should. He has forgiven all of that if you'll receive it. If you'll receive it. Because the time is Advent. It's time to encounter God. He's here. So Lord, we say we want to encounter you.